everyone, and welcome back to Slopcast. This is episode 18 of season 2, which is our coverage of the 2020-21 season, which has now come to an end, uh, which means that this is going to be our finale episode for the season as well, which is all very exciting. Uh, you know what else is exciting is the fact that I'm joined by everyone, miraculously enough, uh, after another month off, we've all four reconvened back into the same place. Uh, Reese. Hello, Reese. Hello. And also Ethan. Hello, Ethan. Hello, Gage. And moving on, so, uh, no. (laughs) Josh, how are you? Yeah, he's not going to say anything, and I'm going to How are you? Oh, I'm good, yeah, great. Thanks for asking. Um... (laughs) <laughs> we t- before this episode we t- we were gonna try and be well i had the genius idea to um record the intro last and do the rest of the podcast first and then i immediately was unable to do so so i'm like so ingrained at this point to having to do <laughs> having to do sp- spew out my absolute nonsense in the intro that i can't do the podcast without doing that so here we are doing the intro again the same as usual so uh, points for nostalgia. The question I suppose. is, what's going to be our, what's going to be the random topic that we talk about in the first five minutes of the podcast? That is a good question. Uh, Do we talk about the effectiveness of the random topic? Like, does it bring in more people, so meta. or is it just? It, well, no, but like, or does it just make people like go away, like immediately? I don't really think the first too much two about minutes? it. I don't think that much about it. I'm going to be honest. I didn't until now, and now I'm kind of I like, think ah, if, I think if people, assorted... if people have managed to listen to enough of our shows that they're thinking about that, then I think we've reached a point of success. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's a good point. We've talked about everything, pretty much. No, we have not talked about the, everything. About everything ever. <laughs> everything <laughs> the last episode possible. Ever. Everything that we possibly okay, could have one. talked about, we are going to talk about. Why am I afraid? Okay. Favorite pizza topping? Pepperoni. Sausage. Pepperoni. Uh, Gage likes his meat. Sausage yeah, I do. Good. What did you say, Josh? I'm more... I I said sausage, but I'm more of like a supreme person. That only if it's not like... You know how sometimes a supreme pizza is just like tall with toppings and they're stacked up on each other? And it's kind yeah. of nasty. Yeah. I like a nice supreme pizza if like... There's like just one layer of toppings. Bro, That's I, don't, a pretty I honestly good don't think pizza. I've had a Supreme pizza in like at least five years. I genuinely think it's been at least five years. My dad orders because he's a 50-year-old white guy. So <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about the fact, like, okay, why is that the pizza topping combo that we decided to call Supreme? Because it's not, okay? Everything. It does not have everything. Okay, but it has like the majority of the basic. Well, it's usually not just called supreme. It's like meat lovers supreme. <laughs> oh no, yeah. meat oh, lovers yeah. is just straight meat. <laughs> meat lovers is like bacon, ham slash Canadian bacon. Josh knows a lot about being a pepperoni. Meat lover. <laughs> pepperoni. <laughs> okay, hamburger. It's got like all the meat. Bro, meat like, lover supreme is, good, though, is like the vegetables. I do like meat lovers, but Supreme Mushrooms, is kind of like all, a lot of vegetables. Yeah, olives, olives sometimes, yeah. depending on the place. What? And then they got peppers. Yeah, 
I don't it's think like I've a ever had one. Pizza. I, I just kind of combined them in my mind. Supreme to me is like sausage, pepperoni, mushrooms, olives, and bell peppers. That's kind of See, what I, I almost think of don't it associate as. Supreme as having any meat toppings on it at all. I feel like it's just vegetables yeah. in my mind. I don't know if it actually is, but that's just how I think of it. It actually is, but are, I kind of. What are the best vegetable kind of toppings? Uh, I, love I like mushrooms. black olives. It's mushrooms and spinach. For See, me. mushrooms are literally on my like. I, there's like I have a list of like five foods that are my no eat foods, and mushrooms are one of them. I love missing out. They're one of. I just, I just feel like they taste just, like dirt. That's all. Yeah. You you gotta cook them right. You gotta put some nice butter and some good seasoning. <laughs> you gotta with them. cook them, kids. <laughs> You're eating them raw. <laughs> I, I was actually pulling them out of the dirt eating and eating them, them. The and that's why that's they why tasted like dirt. dirt. It's because it was dirt. <laughs> you gotta cook them good. Olives, I only like on pizza. Like I can't really? eat olives just like straight out of a jar. I think it's kind of nasty. Well, I don't know I'm many not a big people. That, I don't know many people that just reach in the jar like. At least you put them in a like plate or something. I like my mom does like vegetable yeah. trays like with sometimes she has black olives on there and those are good. I like those. Like a sharp charcuterie. No, no, that's not it. That's meat and cheese and that's stupid. Because well, oh. it's not stupid. I had a charcuterie for dinner. Oh, well that's stupid. No. <laughs> um it's I only hate it because Blake thinks he's cool and knows what he's doing. Shout out to Blake, my roommate. Um he thinks he's cool, and he makes charcuterie boards regularly. But it's, I love actually, it's actually a French tradition that dates back to the early 1300s. Le, char- le charcuterie. Uh, <laughs> but, no, TikTok ah. has ruined it. So <laughs> Yeah, I like that. It has ruined I, a I lot of things. I when people were making fun of the people that were correcting. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So like, people that are, <laughs> and it's like imagine if we corrected people who said burger wrong. Like, actually, no, it's a burger. <laughs> actually, it's a burger. <laughs> Not a burger. It's a burger. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well. So Great as topic, I. Josh. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. Great topping topic, bro. Nice. Oh, come on. Look at me go. Yeah, I'm helping. I'm doing something productive in the podcast. That's a first. Yeah. Uh, So I know, right? (laughs) So in the in the in the weeks gone by, there's been a litany of major trophies awarded. Um, somebody pick one, and let's litany is like yeah, okay, it's kind of big. Um. Yeah, don't, no, don't even try to say litany is a, a, not a big word or it's, a word that, like, I would never it's, use. It's litany, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, league trophy. The game sucked, but the penalty shootout was cool. Yeah, the game was pretty All ass. Right. I, I mean, the... The reality is, is it was always going to favor a tight game. Was always going to favor Villarreal because of the way Emery sets up his teams, um, and and that's what exactly what we got. And Solskjaer made some really odd team choices, like not making a substitution until the hundred and fifth minute, um, 
and his first his only meaningful substitution that wasn't directly related to penalty takers was to take Pogba off for Dan James, which was a really weird substitution. The big to question me. about subs. The big question about subs is should have he? I'm an idiot. Should <laughs> he have subbed Dean Henderson on for De Gea? Because De Gea hasn't well, saved. What I think it's his last like thirty something penalties. Th- yeah, it's like thirty five. But if you take into account that eleven of those were in the same game, it's like twenty four, which is slightly more respectable. Twenty four but... still sounds. Is it twenty? I feel like once I you get know. past twenty, it's like maybe. Come on. I mean, goalkeepers are already at a disadvantage for penalties, so I have a hard time like shitting on goalkeepers who don't save penalties. I don't know, like. Yeah, and that that penalty shootout was like. The first one saved was the last one, right? Yes, literally. Like everyone else scored. They were all bangers too. Like almost they every penalty even, was an unreal penalty. Even the Villarreal Real defenders. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, Ethan. The Villarreal defenders had some bangers. I honestly think yeah. their goalkeeper's like the penalty cap- was the best penalty in the shootout. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it was the captains. The captains. Oh, Albiol, because like, he's one of their. Yeah, that thing. <clears throat> Thundered it. Was his roof other than that? No, that was uh that was, was that? uh uh Coquelin. Yeah. Dude, I thought that was going over. I did too. I was like, oh that was Coughlin's a great cracked. penalty. <laughs> yeah, Coquelin is great. The cock. United got <laughs> That is his nickname. I know. <laughs> United got kinda lucky that they didn't have some of those saved because like the Luke Shaw one and a couple others were awful. The Luke Shaw one was dog shit and the Lindelof one was really bad too and De Gea's was was pretty awful as well considering it got saved but yeah I mean so a goalie so I do yeah. feel kind of bad for him yeah yeah but it was funny every think time he's out this summer <laughs> oh, I'm sorry Ethan go okay. I was gonna say it's funny that every time like a main United player towards like the middle and the end walked up I was always gonna be like this guy's gonna miss. Like when Dan James walked up, I was like, "Oh, he's gonna miss." I thought he was gonna Fred, miss too. When Fred walked up, I was like, "Oh, he's gonna miss." When Twanzebe you know, walked up, bro, I thought Twanzebe yeah. was gonna miss. Fred walked up, and I was like, "He's gonna miss because my dad has not played soccer." Your father? <laughs> <laughs> Your dad scored a banging penalty against <laughs> Villarreal. I know, and, and we're still living in the suburbs. Yeah. Well, you know, you you win some, you lose some, eh? Yeah. I mean, it is crazy that Villarreal, the actual town, is literally the population is less than the suburb that we are all from. <laughs> like, yeah. it's such a small town. Yeah. But. It'd be like if we had our own team and just won the Europa League. Or the, you know what I mean. No, it, it was the Europa the League. Champions League. Well, I was, well, we're not. No, we're but he's trying to like. Oh, 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 oh. Got it. Like, if we won, like, the CONCACAF Champions League, which is never going to happen because the Mexican clubs are just... Let's start know, with our indoor better league. than MLS. <laughs> Let's start with Bro, not shipping more than 10 goals a game in our indoor league. Yeah. Let's, why don't we start with not allowing 50 shots a fucking <laughs> hey, game? Hey, one of them, we only lost. They only scored eight. Okay. That was against <laughs> sophomores in high school. <laughs> All of our games were against sophomores in high school. Yeah. Apart from the one, yeah, but the, some of them were significant. Except for the better. one team that was from uh, middle schoolers, <laughs> bro, and they kind of clowned on us too. Um, do y'all remember a couple years ago when we played Caden uh, Gomez's team? That was cool. Shout out yeah. to Caden. Shout out to my mom. It's her birthday. 
Oh yeah. I, I wish happy birthday. Also shout out to Bladen. It's happy also birthday. Bladen's birthday. Yeah, everyone else, if you're if it's your birthday, get in the comments. Yeah. Get in the, get in the replies. Let us know. <laughs> um So one last thing before we move on to the other cup finals. Y'all think De Gea needs to leave this season? This summer, I guess. I mean needs I mean, to is kind of a to, if he wants to start, he should. Yeah, I will. That kind of I mean, said this last summer that he needed to be on his way out already. Maybe. It just depends yeah, on just... what he wants, really. Depends on if he wants to be a backup. Because I think if he wants to stay on as United's backup, I think, uh, you know, because he's gotten a little worse, obviously. I think he'd be fine as a backup now. But if he wants to go start somewhere else, then he needs to go. It could be fine as like a starter somewhere in La Liga. Yeah. Like obviously not for Madrid or um either Madrid or Barca, but maybe somewhere else. But Virel. I don't know, I still think he needs to leave. I, <laughs> I mean learn a thing or two. Maybe Valencia? Yeah, I could I could actually see that. Or Sevilla. One of the two. But I mean, we could just we could just roll this into the Man United talk anyway if we want to, because it it's it this was kind of the focal point of their season. I, do you guys think this season was a failure for them? Would you class this as a failure? No, no. Um, the fact that they finished second is pretty impressive. But they only finished yeah, second I because did. everyone yeah, else was dog away. shit. Here's what I'll like, say: I, I would say yes, but like only slightly. But, uh, like. The best way to find the answer is from Rashford himself because he had a quote recently that was like, uh, everyone's talking about how good of a season we had, but we got second in the league and we got second in the Europa League, so we didn't win anything. So it's like, like it doesn't matter if you get second if you don't win, right? But that's harsh because I definitely didn't expect them to get second. I'll be the first to eat my words and say, you know, I'll take what I said about social back. I the top four. Yeah, I I had I've said quite a lot of bad things about Solskjaer, and he has proved me wrong. Um, so like from that I perspective, think... I would say no, it's not a failure because second's very good for them, but losing the Europa League is probably pretty bad, especially in the place they were in. Because, uh, they I mean they had a great season, so I would have yeah. I I definitely thought they were the favorites going into the final. Well, we I said we said it would be them or Milan. Word. We said whoever, which one, whichever one of those teams won that tie was going to be in like pole position to win that the, the whole thing. I think you. I think giving them like a B minus because like they did way better in the league. They did. Uh, they did okay in the Europa League. Obviously, a club of maniac stature needs to be winning that, and they got knocked out of the FA Cup by the eventual champions. What the hell up in the quarterfinals? <laughs> no, they did. I mean, United have actually been kind of bad in cup competitions in recent years, though. Like, and I don't, I don't mean the Europa League necessarily. I just mean, I know Ethan, but I, I just mean like in. And when I say recent seasons, I mean more recently even than that. Like I'm talking like yeah, the last yeah. three years. But you just you just gave me some nom flashbacks. There. Well, they beat us in the semifinal a few seasons back too, so don't worry. Um, but yeah, I and Alexis Sanchez scored the winner. Um, 
Well, he scored against us, too, to knock us out the same season. <laughs> yeah. I still don't think there's anyone I hate more on this on the in terms of the soccer earth than Alexis Sanchez. <laughs> um, who is now a champion of Serie A. Who? Remember the Sunderland oh, Adam guy? Johnson? You know? Yeah, but... Well, or Adam I, Johnson. Yeah, Adam Johnson. I but I I never even watched him play, so I have a hard time like singling him out as the one guy. You know, I mean, obviously I re- I'm repulsive of him as a person. Your choice of words. Well, no, listen, like I obviously it's repulsive. <laughs> but I don't the the difference is I don't I don't find Alexis Sanchez to be a disgusting human. I just don't like him in the context of soccer. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Like there's a there's a, a serious difference, Josh. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I feel like there's not much to say about United because everyone kind of like had the same like gist. Yeah, I just don't know what to think like, about them. Like, because I want to see how how well they do in the Premier League when everyone else isn't constantly being awful. Like. Yeah. Whenever Liverpool's entire back line is or injured, when or whenever Chelsea like has a full season like they had the end of the run, or you know, Leicester I don't think if they, they have, like, <laughs> if they make some like key signings this summer, and like I said, they're buying conference league. Instead of buying like six random players, they buy like two star names. You know. Yeah. Then I think they could be very good next season. Do you, I, I kind of want to see. I wish, I, dude. I wish Juve had missed out on the Champions League because, first of all, that would mean Juve wouldn't be in the Champions League, and second of all, um, I want to see Ronaldo. I know, bro. I want Ronaldo to move to Man U, but I don't think he's going to now. So I, I hope he still does. I think that'd be awesome. That'd be imagine, such a cool storyline. Imagine if Messi had gone to Man City like a few years ago, and we got Ronaldo versus Messi in. Oh, the Manchester Derby, bro. That would be like the insane. the most nut thing of all time. Like, but anyway, um, I don't know. Yeah, Josh is right. I don't know if there's that much else to say about them. But flip it to the other side of Manchester, where the other we can losers. Talk about the final, real quick. <laughs> the other losers. Wow. <laughs> um. Strong words from the team that's going to Would be. Would you in shut the up? I'm just, I'm just saying they <laughs> lost the final. <laughs> at least, Brown. at least we, <laughs> at least we don't bottle top four year after year. At least we're not even close. At least we have a trophy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, anyway, anyhow. we're gonna stop being assholes to each other. Um. Anyway. <laughs> the, I don't know, I'll kind of give my spiel about the final. Like, it was a good game, kind of. I don't know, it wasn't boring, but it wasn't, like, the best game I ever saw. It just kind of happened. And I'm kind of sad that it was such kind of, like, a stupid goal, too. It was a stupid goal, yeah. Kind of just... It's just a mistake from the back line and probably Ederson being a little over-anxious coming out that fast. Because I think if he waited like half a second more, and if that play would have happened inside the 18-yard box, I think he would have saved it. He actually but, he gets sent off if the goal doesn't go in. Because 
He touched the ball with his hands outside he the box. Barely, yeah, he barely touched it. But they also have... I wouldn't... I think Willie Caballero would actually have been... Do you think if it went to penalties, they would have subbed on Willie Caballero? Maybe. I mean, he's the GOAT. He is kind of the penalty specialist. With the history of Chelsea, too, I think he probably would have. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I definitely for sure. The lineup was so weird. He decides, you know, he's been experimenting with the no striker thing, but I think to do that in the final is a bad idea, especially when you have Aguero on the bench. Um, and uh, like, obviously, it didn't help that their center forward was De Bruyne, and he got injured. I think at the end of the first half, may have been the beginning of the second. It was at like the sixty-sixth yeah. minute didn't help that he had a pretty nasty injury. I'm not actually sure what ended up happening, but he had like a black guy. He had a fracture in his um, ocular, whatever bone your eye Yeah, City dominated possession, though, but they just could not score. And I think it's seriously because they played without a striker. They subbed on a striker way too late. If Sterling had a better touch on that first ball, I'm really... But also... Rudiger had an amazing game. He did, yeah. He, dude, John Stones was awful. Yeah, I actually like he had like I was uh, making fun of uh, Werner because I I think I texted y'all and I said if Giroud's on, then that's a goal. I no, you said right after that it doesn't like John Stones was playing worse than Werner, and I yeah, he was he was by far the worst player on the pitch. I low key. Almost would have started Giroud if I was Thomas Tuchel because he's a big game player and he scores and Werner is neither of those things. <laughs> so like, I honestly not, might have considered Tammy, starting Giroud. I'm not Tammy Abraham's biggest fan, but I would have even started him over Timo Werner. I think they should experiment Wait. with Werner on the wing again because there was a few, like the best moments he had in the game is when he drifted to the wing and then cut in or just stayed out in the wing and tried to get a cross in. Yeah. Those were his best moments. I mean, that's where his his talent is most use, useful right now because he's not a bad player. He just can't finish. He can't finish. Clock. Like if you put him on the if you put him on the wing, at least he'll have like some opportunities to at least like get the ball inside to someone instead of having him be the last man. Cuz that's just the way they play too. Is just very quick and like get it to the striker, get it to whoever is the last man forward, and then just trust that they'll be able to finish. I think Tuchel has been very lucky that the defense has been so solid and some of the midfielders and wingers have stepped up in a lot of games. I mean, you could say that's Uh coaching though. I mean, because I think one of the things too is like Rudiger, Rudiger is like, I think. The thing is, Rudiger had a falling out with Lampard, allegedly. Like, whenever Lampard was there, that's why he hardly ever played, and Christensen always played over him. But Rudiger's actually pr- quite good. Like, in the game, in the, the recent games that I've seen, I think just him being reinstated to the team and working with a manager that he likes, and fellow countrymen as well, like, I don't know. I feel like Rudiger could have solved their future defense problems, really. Always been a fan of Rudiger. I think he was great in the last World's Cup 
but he just had no one around him. I think their commentators for once actually made like a really good statement when they were when they said Rudiger can change a defense the way a defense plays, but Andreas Christensen has to be carried through a game. Like he needs the other players around him to play well, otherwise he's awful. Yeah, I, I agree with that. They said something else too. I don't know if I agree with it, but I wanted your thoughts. They said Rudiger is a defender. But <laughs> I agree with that. I do agree. Christensen <laughs> is a footballer. I think he's trying to put that. I remember that because he said it about Ederson as well. Because he's, I think he's trying to put it in the context of like the modern like ball playing. Yeah. Like everyone, like Barcelona kind of player. Like everyone must be able to play play the ball. I think I would. agree for the most part because you never see Rudiger try to like ping a long ball to someone but I think I can think of a few times where Christensen has thought of that but that might also just be like two different schools of coaching because um, Christensen's fellow fellow Dane um, Vestergaard yeah Yeah, Vestergaard at Southampton he had like I had him in fantasy before he got hurt and he would Bang in assists by just pinging long balls to Shea Adams and Danny Ings. So it might just be like a school, like kind of like how Brazil, like even the Brazilian goalkeepers and Allison and Ederson are amazing at playing out from the back. Yeah, I don't subscribe the fact, to, or I don't subscribe to the theory that you have to be good on the ball to be a good center back. Like, obviously, yeah, well, every every professional footballer has to be a certain level of good on the ball. Like that's just. A requirement, but I would much rather have two Rudigers in my team than two Christensens. I agree, but I don't think it's very smart to be able to play with two to three of them. I think, I think it's completely fine if you have one who's just not confident on the ball and can just lay it off to a fullback, a defensive mid, or the other center back. I think you play a very dangerous game whenever you have two defenders who are not confident on the ball and can't really pass as well as maybe like someone like Christensen. Yeah. True, but you don't need them uh, to be able to hit 50-yard diags necessarily. I have have two Arsenal examples for you, and I think the the choice is obvious of who you'd rather have. Uh, One of recent times, he had a good ending to his uh, tenure with us, but David Luiz, okay, versus Per Mertesacker who I don't think has ever launched a long ball in his life, but I would take him in center back over David Luiz. I think every day of the week. Well, I agree, but it would also be difficult to play with two murder sackers. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Like, you know, fullbacks. Depending on the style, I think it also is very dependent on the style of fullbacks you want to play. If you want your fullbacks to be able to go, 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 kind of like what Chelsea wants to do with um, Chilwell and fuck who, James. and Reese James. Yeah, they need them to go, which is why Rudiger does such a great job of being the plug, the stopper in the middle. And then you have Aspi, who played fullback before and makes a great addition to the right side of the three. Then you also have Thiago Silva, who's Brazilian and was raised to be good on the ball. I think that's why Chelsea's defense works so much and how it flows into their attack. That's why 
the way Tuchel sets up his defense just works really well because of the style of center backs he has. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, and that maybe I was just thinking about this. The thing that makes a like world class center back is when you have both at a high level, a la Van Dyke like, or Bert. Ruben Diaz. And um, like a, an amazing example is the 2000s um, Man United dynasty of having Rio Ferdinand, who was amazing on the ball, and the Mania Vidic, who is the classic Eastern European center back. Like, stop it. He's Get it to house. someone who's confident on the ball. Yeah, shithouse. Yeah. Shithouse-ish. I mean, he's, he, he was, was just a, shit a physical player. <laughs> I mean, yes, but... Yeah, I mean he would. Yeah, he's just a battering ram of a human being. Um, yeah, but he wasn't like a dirty player. He was just a very physical player. Yeah, no, and I mean I don't I don't necessarily think shithouse has to make has to be a dirty player. It's just someone who, well, ta- commits tackles, <laughs> basically <laughs> nowadays. Um, but yeah, so I mean. Now the the real question is 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 this is this season a failure for City? I think that's a more I- intriguing conversation. I think the answer is yes. Everyone think, knew they were going to win the that, league. I think all of us predicted them to win the league. Yeah, Champions League has been what Pep has been trying to get, like his entire time at City. And so, and when he was at that's Bayern too, because he missed like, it at Bayern. That's what he said. That's what one of Aguero's interviews was was. I want I, if I leave Man City before winning the Champions League, it's been a failure. But um, I think it's a failure. And I don't think there's much argument against it. You know, we talked about this before the game, but it it's kind of a sad state of football in the the biggest club game in the world. You have one team in Man City that shouldn't if they didn't have tr- damn near tr- multi-trillionaire owners in the assets that they own, they wouldn't even be in the prem. And then if Chelsea didn't have Russia's big oil man, they would probably still be a mid-table team. City were in the prem when they got it's just kind of the Emiratis, a... just so you know. But um, <clears throat> they were just like mid-table. But I take your yeah, point. They were I also mean, a very fluctuating. Yeah, team. yeah, they were. Uh, but... I mean, sometimes the narrative is that they were like in League Two or something, and so it's not quite like that. But I hate them as much as everyone else. Not to mention the fact that I think it would be easier to stomach if they if they weren't owned by people who blatantly violate human rights on a regular basis. Um, but either way, um, yeah, it's it's uninteresting. I don't care. I literally, even if I hadn't been at work, there's a chance I might not have watched the game because I I don't care. Like, I didn't know who I wanted to win. Because, like, Man City is just like, I don't I don't want you to win anything just because of, like, the nature of the club. And Chelsea's fans can just be, especially the American ones, are just awful. Yeah, I hate yeah. Chelsea. So I would have rather City won, but I do take some satisfaction in the fact that they still can't win the Champions League. Yeah. A, b- a bunch of my family was asking me because I had the game on. They were like, oh, who are we rooting for? Who are we rooting for? I was like... I don't really know, and I don't really care. I guess City because Chelsea's our rivals, but I I don't really care if they lose. That's what I ended up. That's what I picked. 
I oh, ended and... up rooting for City just because I just didn't want Chelsea to win just because I really don't like that. Yeah, I also just think even though the only reason that both those teams are, are because of the amount of money that's been poured in, in terms of the team on paper, I think the better team lost. I thought I thought the the loss was entirely attributed to Pep because I thought the lineup was just so He weird. does that. He always does that in finals. He like does this weird thing where he thinks he has to tinker with the lineup and make it some experimental like yeah, test subject or something. But in terms of like not even the amount of I like it, the team is good because of the money. But yeah. like, just looking at the team, I thought you know, in terms of justice, like how good the team is, I thought uh, City should have won. Yeah, I think, I think if you like tried to merge Chelsea and Man City starting eleven to find the best eleven, I think it would be almost entirely City players, except for N'Golo Kante and probably Rudiger over Rudiger over Stones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I take Chilwell too. I don't know, yeah, Stones is Stones is such a weird player because he has games where he is a a really good player, and then he has games like Saturday night where he was just awful. I I don't Get rate him a huge him. amount. I mean, I know he's I know he's like a fifty time Premier League champion, but that's all like watered down because it's always City. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I've never like rated him super highly. I think Ruben Diaz though. Ruben Diaz is un- unbelievable. But I think he's probably, if not the best, top two in the Premier League. Um, and to another another yeah. list. Of what do y'all think of players. Chelsea's season? It's a huge success, I think, compared to where they were, what they were yeah. expecting. I mean, they won. They won the biggest trophy it, in football. So, I mean, yeah. Like I still kind of wish that we would would have been able to see the Lampard. See like where he would take the club long term, but I mean you can't deny the fact that he got them back into the top four and back um, to Champions League glory. Yeah, I wasn't sold uh, immediately after because obviously they were undefeated, but it was like almost entirely drawn. Yeah, but you know. Credit to them. Their, it was their defense that was focused on, and their defense ended up winning them the Champions League because they were just able to hold their lead, basically. Yeah, and I think the board has been vindicated, really, because it shows that... I feel like sometimes whenever you get managers at PSG, it's hard to judge how good they are at managing. And Tuchel's Dortmund was like in a weird transitional time for uh, for Dortmund. It was like in that season where, or in that like period where they weren't great, but they weren't awful. They were just kind of hovering around like upper mid table mm-hmm. Bundesliga. So I feel like we've never really experienced peak Thomas Tuchel before, even though everyone says he's like one of the best managers in the world. And now I think we're actually getting to see it firsthand. So, what do y'all think? I mean, that's. I mean, it's kind of hard to give like in a. If, if anybody's got an opinion on Chelsea being a failure, go for it, Ethan. Yeah, so nobody thinks Chelsea are a failure. <laughs> uh, what do y'all think of Liverpool's season? I think it's a uh, well, I don't. It's both a failure and a success because 
They should have finished higher, but considering how the start of their season went, I think finishing in the top four is a huge achievement. And it's hard to call like, them a failure when they're they had six defenders injured for most of yeah. the season. Like, yeah, it is tough. I honestly I think, think finishing in the top four like, is one of the bigger achievements, like this season for like just in Liverpool's case, because I did not think they were going to be able to do I it. I didn't. I mean, they wouldn't have if it wasn't for Allison. <laughs> That is that is one of the craziest things I've ever seen, genuinely. Yeah. They still would have made it because they would have had a better goal difference than us. How did they finish two points above y'all? Or because I feel like if they had drawn that game, I don't think they would. No, have. they still would have. Oh yeah, no, they're three points. No, they above still would have. Yeah, they yeah. would have been on. But I don't yeah, think. I mean, I don't think anybody like... anticipated Lesser losing to Spurs. I, I certainly did not. No. For the record. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't I, mean, I didn't anticipate that in the eightieth yeah. minute. <laughs> no. So um I think Liverpool like knee jerk reaction would be like, yeah. But then like once you think about it, like for even more than like five seconds, you'd be like, Yeah, that that was pretty successful from what they had to like pick themselves up from. Um yeah, I feel like there's not a lot to talk about with those four teams, like the top four. Yeah, everyone kind of shares a similar. And then I guess we can move on to the next team in the table, which is my team. Failure. Where <laughs> immediately I would say a failure once again because we no chance missed out on top four and we were the. The team in the top four, the longest again this season for two years in a row. Yeah, welcome to Spursville, but, bud. That's been Spurs for like years. <laughs> but we won a fucking trophy, uh, the second biggest trophy in England, and are going to Europe yeah. next year still, True. which. In that sense, it's like that's pretty fucking awesome that. I somehow got to see Leicester City, who were in League One 10 years ago, manage to win the FA Cup and the Premier League. And it's just kind of like, ah. We should clarify for everyone listening. If anyone new is listening, that Josh was a fan of Leicester before they were even in the Premier League. So he's not like, he's not some dumbass American that just picked up Leicester because they were a good story. Like, yeah. Which even then, I feel like I wouldn't like get that upset for. I feel like English people probably wouldn't get that upset for picking them up because it's a good story. No, but I'm not saying they would. English I'm just justifying people. it for you. There's also English people who hate American fans because they see us as having no reason to support their clubs. Just because everything yeah. is almost is all re- like where you're from, you know. Yeah, um, it's becoming anyway, less and less like that but now. But... I, yeah, especially with the older generation being less. If I was giving you know, Lester a letter grade. It'd be like you have a sixty nine point five at the end of the semester, and then you emailed your professor and said, "Please, can I pass?" And they said, "Here, have an FA Cup." And so then you passed. Like, I think by all means. By in terms of what your goals are, it's a failure because like top four thing is just bad. But then you get the FA Cup, which is obviously you know that's huge to get another trophy 
after the prem is because you know y'all won the prem um and then you kind of fell off the season after and then you've been slowly picking yourself back up again and so to to get an fa cup is really big for the club and also to get you know you still have europe so it's still a huge so it's like I think it's also hard because you have to look at the context of the clubs. I was going to say that because literally none of us even predicted Leicester to be in the top six this season. We all predicted that they would finish seventh or lower. Did I pick? You you picked eighth. Reese Reese actually had him the highest. Reese had him in seventh. Because I thought Brendan Rodgers was going to get sacked because I thought we were going to do our normal thing. Um, I think you also have to look at the context of the clubs around us. Like, if you, the four above us, we have no business finishing above any of them, but just based on finances, based on just the general, the way, like, the way the modern game is, we have no business being in the top four, but we have, like, a really good manager and a, a squad that fights for everything. But that can only take us so far, which has been the issue the past two seasons. Where, like, obviously we bottled it, and there's no getting around that. But you also have to look at we don't have the fucking money to pay Vandebeek to come in and be a fucking backup. That's True. a terrible signing. And I, I, yeah, I would agree Dan with that. Dan plays Mendy as our backup. But y'all are also like. Uh, of the four, maybe other than Liverpool, and I, I don't even, City's not even in this conversation, but other than Liverpool, y'all are probably the best run club in the Prem. Like, in terms of the... I would, yeah. Just in terms just of the actual operations and... side, yeah. Like, recruitment, the way that y'all have done player sales and reinvested it and developing young players and then being able to sell players, like selling Harry Maguire for $90 million, Already having a ready-made replacement that no one even knew about in Chilar Siyunchu, and then signing a world-class center back, and I really do think he is that in Wesley Fofana. Um, I think there's just, there's so much upside to us that it's just so hard to say it's a failure. You know, I agree. I mean, I would I would give y'all like a B plus in the season. I think Reese's evaluation is hard, but maybe an A. I mean, you guys won the FA Cup, like. And it's the same thing I said. It's it's the same position where it's like knee jerk reaction. Fucking give us an F. And then if you think about it, it's like financially we like our top like our record signing is Yuri Tielemans at like thirty eight and a half million dollar million pounds or do- I don't remember which it's in. Yeah, but it's like it's just. Maybe and maybe I'm being a little bit of an hypocrite because this is almost a similar uh, situation to what happened when when I was rating Sheffield because I was like Sheffield didn't get top four but there's no way it can't be an A but I don't know it's like two seasons in a row you've essentially been in the top four the entire season and then bottled it and it's like even Wait, though like the last two seasons we've been in top four the longest out of any club in the prime. Yeah, so it's like, even though none of us had y'all down for it, it's obviously not a fluke at this point because y'all have been in that top four spot like consistently the past two or three seasons now. So 
for the for this season and last season to do the same thing where you don't end up getting top four despite being in contention for the whole season is is like I don't know. Maybe failure is harsh, but I think it's like I don't. It's pretty it's, bad. It's da- it's in danger of becoming a pattern. But at this yeah. moment, I think like on paper, and I'm talking strictly about each of the individual players. I still think Lester has a worse side than everyone that finished above them on paper. But I also think they have better coaching and better recruitment and better player development than at least three of the four that finished above them. So it's hard to say because like... Also, one thing is injuries destroyed us. We had Soyunku, who was out for about three months of the season. James Justin, who would have been my player of the season had he not been injured. Harvey Barnes. We had three players, Harvey Barnes, James Justin, and James Madison, who all, if they were not injured, they would have been locks for the England squad. Like even James Justin, like how full that right back spot, I would stand. Well, I would take him just as a utility player. And yeah. And I like, and just, I would argue that one to the death that James Justin is better than Reese James, not better than Trent, but I would argue that he's more versatile than Aaron Wambasaka. He's not a better defender, but he's more versatile. And he's better than James. Ju- and um, no, he's better than Daniel James. And Dan James we've just Welsh. had so. <laughs> yeah, wrong. <laughs> Reese James, my bad. Uh, we just... And then it's just Wesley Fofano was injured for a little bit because Timothy Castan, who. If Wesley Fofana wasn't a person, would have been our signing of the season. Vardy is his own separate thing, and that's like a different topic of signing, of making sure Iheanacho is the striker of the future. Indeed, he was out for a few months. Who else was Holy. out? Sorry, I, this Dennis is not Pratt. soccer related, but Colorado's beating Vegas 6-1 right now in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. That is insane, but... Um, it's just not like we just were decimated with injuries and it just was getting into the top four from our perspective is already a tough task, much less when at one point we had eight, we had as many people on the injury list as Liverpool did. And I don't know. It's just, I, I want to say it's a failure, but I know it's not. Uh, I'll, I'll reevaluate. I'll give you all B. I think it's still maybe harsh, but even if it's not what I originally predicted, I was definitely expecting y'all at least midway through the season to finish in top four. So I'll I'll give y'all B. I was up until like the 85th minute of the Tottenham game. (laughs) But thank you, Gareth. uh, (laughs) I don't know. It's just, it's. I would have loved for Wes Morgan and Christian Fuchs like their last season for us to make the top four with them there, but oh, also Ricardo Pereira was injured until December and barely played because the physios were like he is in danger of if it happens again he's done. Yeah, like it was a it was an awful tear. Like if he does it again, he's. I don't know if he'll be able to play in like a top five league again. But 
that's the Lester spiel. That's all I kind of want to talk about it, unless anybody else has a closing comments on them. I don't have anything left to add is what I'm trying to say. Y'all can talk about them if you want. No, I just understand. I like, I, I understand probably better than anyone, the frustration of being so close and still missing out. Like, because that is literally the definition of being a Spurs fan. Um, but I think just evaluating it in the greater context, you have to see it as a success. And Lester will continue to be on the rise. I mean, in the next couple of seasons, y'all might finish outside the top six. Like, it's a possibility. We, you know, because we don't know if what's going to happen with Rodgers. We don't know what's going to happen with injuries. Like, who, who else is going to decide not to be shite? Um, so, like, y'all might finish outside of the top six. But the, the trajectory of the club for the future is well-placed to ensure that 10 years from now, Leicester will still be one of the top six, seven clubs in England. Like, so the future's bright is essentially what I'm saying, even if the present is dark. Yeah. So. Uh, well, next, if we're going down the table, next is West Ham. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> fuck so, them, but that was a pretty good season. Nah, them. fuck them. <laughs> Thomas Suchek and um, Vladimir Sofal. Declan Rice were. I think they they just had a good season. I don't hate West Ham like y'all do. Obviously, we're not a London club. Um, I they had a good season. I'm kind of happy for him. David Moyes did way better than we thought. Yeah, I was going to say the only thing that really needs to be said on my part is that I thought he was going to be the first manager to get sacked. Reese, you and I both had them getting relegated. So (laughs) yeah, that shows. uh, That shows what I thought of them, and like, yeah, they success is is what I I mean. If you if you two years what I expected. Two years ago, if you told me that David Moyes was going to guide West Ham to a sixth-place finish and his key man was going to be Jesse Lingard, I would have shot you in the face. So, <laughs> I, I don't, like, that's a fever dream, but it's it's a reality, unfortunately. So, here well, we are. It's weird how David Moyes' first tenure at West Ham went, because obviously they did so bad. And so it's just weird to see how them how they perform now. Especially with these players like Jesse think Lingard, he had, who have had breakout years. It's weird. Yeah, I think he just has like players that play like he wants them to. Like I think the first round he just didn't have the right players to play his system, but now he does. But I don't know. I feel like there's just not a lot to talk about with West Ham. Like they had a successful season. <laughs> They're gonna be in the Europa League. Like there's just you know. I don't know. Uh, I'm happy for West Ham. Grow I know up. y'all probably. <laughs> Grow <are>. up. <laughs> Goo goo <gaga. laughs> Um, No, I still want to see them relegated. Well, me too. So, Interesting. Um, oh, God. I just, I'm, uh, I'm preparing for the misery that's coming next. Um, <sighs> F minus. I I don't even like <laughs> I don't know where to start with this stupid ass club. Like <sighs> honestly, okay, let's start let's start with something that's less difficult to process. Um Kane. So he wants to leave. That much is obvious. Like 
everyone agrees that he wants to leave. It's pretty much a publicly known fact. Whether he will or not is going to come down to a few things. Namely, if someone... Well, actually, it's going to come down to one thing, and that's Daniel Levy. Because technically, Kane still has a three-year contract. So Levy could just say, nope, we're not selling you. And and force Kane to continue to play for Spurs. Um, which I think he will do unless he gets a very, very, very at- attractive offer from City. Because uh, at this point, he's there. There's only three places I could see Kane going realistically. Because he's already said he's not moving abroad. It's either City, Chelsea, or United. Levy won't sell to Chelsea. He never does, and he won't do business with them. So I don't think it's going to be Chelsea. United, I could see it, but. Again, I'm not. I'm not sure that United will be forking up the money to sign Kane. Whenever just a year ago they wouldn't fork up roughly half of what they're going to need to to buy Sancho. And City, they have the resources, but their transfer policy isn't really to spend a buttload of cash on one player. It's mostly just to buy a lot of players around the sixty million mark. So I don't know that they would even be willing to pay as much as Daniel Levy's going to be asking. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I. I don't really know whether I think he's going to be there at Spurs next season or not. I I can't really tell. It's like... Because people are... Like, reliable Spurs supporter or, like, journalists are saying that he wants something done before the Euros, which is impossible if you ask me. But, like... I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think about the whole Kane situation? What I'll, what I'll say is I think it'll be very harsh to Kane if he doesn't get this move. Because... I mean, just look at the stats. Like, look at where y'all finished, and and yet he was the top goal scorer and top assister. Like, he literally single handedly carried your season. Yeah, him, and him and Hornbjerg. He's he's got that contract. You know, that three year contract. If Levy decides not to sell him, he's very well wasting his prime years away. Because what is he? Twenty seven now. Yeah, he's, he's about to turn twenty eight. Like. If he seriously wants to win things, which he obviously does, and he obviously should, yeah, he just has to leave at this point. And I think, you know, you and all other Spurs fans included, like, as much as you love Harry Kane, you, it's like he's been a faithful servant. It's like it's time to let him go. You know? Yeah, I, I, I would not. I, no part of me would hold it against Kane for leaving unless he goes to Chelsea. Then I will burn every Kane jersey I own. But, um. I like it does it feels kind of crap though like if he goes to City he's gonna win stuff but it feels cheap because it's with City like it feels like he took the easy way out you know and I'm I'm not suggesting that so like he also put up with like no offense but the Spurs bullshit for oh, I, I, yeah. a while I mean, his, his entire career it, to get yeah. to the point where like to get to the point where he's just like, fuck it, I'm going to go somewhere where I'm going to easily win just about everything, just because, like, at this point, like, kind of deserve yeah. to. Yeah, I mean, but it well, cheapens he doesn't it, though. Have I mean, a lot of, he doesn't have a lot of I mean, yes, prime to win everything. And yeah, so I know. if you want to win everything quickly, City's probably the place to go. I mean, that's it's, it's the only realistic place that he's going to end up, like, if he does go. So. Like, again, I don't hold it against him. I just think it's a shame. Like, because honestly, even if he went to United, I feel like 
that's less cheap because United haven't been in and around things. And like, but with Kane, they're a title contender, if you ask me. Um, but I mean, it, 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 I mean, it doesn't think, really matter what Spurs fans think in reality. Cause it's up to, it's up to him and Levy, but. I think that if, if they saw, if, City sign him. I think there's no like. I don't think anybody's going to be able to stop them next season for the Champions League. No, Kane will score sixty I just goals. Think that 60. team with because <clears throat> that's what they're missing. It like I've truly. I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but I think if City played with like a proper like number ten up or number nine up front. They would have won that game by at least. Three well, goals. I even because that would have been exactly what. Sorry, you finished. I think that. I think the reason that Chelsea won is because they were able to Rudiger like whoever you send through the middle. Rudiger's going to in the team that played Rudiger like even Jesus like anyone of those Rudiger is going to shut down immediately. Because he's just so physically dominant that, like, there's no way that any of them can, like, stop that. So I think they needed a proper number 10 for that game. That's the only way that they're going to win anything is they get, like, an actual strike. Yeah. I've, I've been saying for years, and it was proven this year because he played a little deeper, that Kane is a perfect center forward as well. Yeah. And re- in reality, that's what Pep wants. He wants a center forward. The issue is he doesn't have one currently, so he's playing a center attacking mid as a center forward, which just doesn't work the same. So in terms of tactics, if Pep wants to continue with the center forward route, I think Kane is still the perfect option because, you know, he's expanded his game to that to he's, that. Point. He's the perfect footballer. He's literally ridiculous. Like, it, the thing that's going to piss me off the most about him leaving is that he's going to go to City and everyone's going to be like, oh my god, he's so good. He's literally like one of the best players that's ever played in the Premier League. And all the Spurs fans are going to be like, yeah, we told you this for five years. Like, he's ridiculous. He's genuinely so good. Like, and uh, it just, uh, I don't know. He's literally my favorite athlete that I've ever supported, like played for a team that I've supported or otherwise ever. So I'm going to be so sad if and when he leaves. Like, but I'll say I, I can't wait for him to leave so I can stop hating him because it is so hard to hate Harry Kane. <laughs> I'm surprised to hear you say that because most Arsenal fans are like, oh, he's, he speaks like a caveman. He's well, fucking I say that unintelligent or whatever, but, you know. Yeah, well, they, they change tunes as soon as it's England. So. Yeah, of course they do. And, I mean, it's fair, like, but the one thing I will say about Kane is... He had chances to win trophies at Spurs. In, in in his tenure, we lost three finals and four semifinals, and he scored no goals in any of them, and he was terrible in the finals. Granted, for the Champions League, he had just come back from injury, and like there was a lot of speculation about whether or not he was even going to play, so I don't hold that one over him. But, I mean, in some of those FA Cup semifinals, he was missing. So, and yeah. I, I understand that it's, it's, I can't just pin that all on him because there's 10 other players on the pitch that have to do their part too. And they undoubtedly weren't. Um, but I will say, I mean, he, he had his chances to, to take hold of a game in a final with Spurs and he never did. So I'll also say along the same line, it may not be as easy as we're, 
making it out to be to win all these trophies, even if he's at a city, because there's the one issue that he still hasn't really fixed, which I know it's not him. It's not something he can fix, but that's the recurring injury. Yeah. That happens again. It it may just get even worse. And, you know, he might just miss a lot of the season because of it. You, You just never really know. It's, it's a wild card with him. Yeah, and that's that's another thing is I don't really know that there's a team in world football right now in this current economy that would pay what Daniel Levy is going to ask for a 28-year-old with busted ankles. Like, those injuries might ruin his chances to get away from this Spurs contract. And it, make no mistake, at 31, he could still slot into City, Chelsea, United, wherever. So I don't think it's I don't think if he doesn't get his move this summer, like it's not over for him, you know? Like obviously now is his prime, but I still do think he has time in his career to make something happen. What do you think is gonna happen this son? Allegedly he's about to sign a new contract. So Okay. I I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about Sun really. Like, because he was great for the first half of the season, but he was m- MIA for the second half, completely just out of action. Um, yeah. So I don't really know what to say about Sun, and I don't know how he's going to... I mean, traditionally, Sun has always played better without Kane in the team. Well, I mean, better than he does... It's like whenever Kane is in the team, he plays poorly sometimes, and then like he's, he'll have his best moments when Kane's in the team. But then like without Kane, it's like he's a steady pretty good you know so i don't know i don't know i think even like i think depending on like what happens with kane i like from son's point of view i wouldn't want to be at tottenham like without kane like yeah that sounds where where would he go though like no offense yeah he's not I don't think he's earned himself a big money move this season. No. I mean, he did finish fourth in the goal scoring charts, but like most of that came under Jose, which by the way, that's another interesting topic in the, the weeks like in the fallout of the Kane, like the Gary Neville interview and the leaks that he wants to leave or whatever. Did any of y'all watch the Gary Neville interview, by the way? No. It's actually a pretty good watch if you're bored ever. It, they're on the golf course and it's like it's pretty funny and they're like they it's like a good interview, but um, that's where he ultimately says you know like he's at a crossroads in his career and he wants to leave or I mean he's thinking about leaving you know yada 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 whatever. Um, but Kane still backs Jose. I mean he still he said he was st- like shocked when they sacked Jose because the the players in the dressing room aside from him and like Hoiberg and Larice were all like so down on Jose just because he criticizes them like and that they were like I mean the, the quote that he literally said was one of the things that went wrong with Jose was we lacked people acting like men acting like leaders like and that's that's that literally came out of Kane's mouth so Part of me thinks that Jose might have not been as awful as we all think, and it's just the same problems that the Spurs players have dealt with. That I think you also have to look like tactically at some of the just stupid 
decisions that he made. Like some of the lineups that Jose made, some of the subs that he made were just yeah. made absolutely. Yeah, no I don't sense. think it's all on Jose, but like I I still can't see why he wouldn't have been sacked, even if it's not all his fault. You know? No, I, 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 and I agree with the sacking. By the way, I'm not saying he shouldn't have been sacked. Like I, I agreed with the sacking. I just, I don't know. It's the player, the Spurs, the Spurs mentality. It's just soft, leaderless. Like, you know, they. I don't know, weak minded. And I feel like Kane, I think it's definitely. It'll definitely be interesting to see who gets sold this summer. Uh, I have a long list of people that I would like to see gone, to be honest. Um, yeah, but knowing Levy, it'll be like, we'll sell, well, I mean, we already, Rose, by the way, still at Spurs until June 30th, technically. Um, Rose and Gazaniga are already officially leaving, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was them and, like, Lamella, and everyone else stayed, honestly. I really wouldn't be surprised. But, yeah, I'm... I'm looking at the Kane situation kind of like the Zaha situation where obviously he's high value, but like the club is putting him at such a high value because he's like such an important player for the club. Because obviously I know Zaha is not worth like 70, 80 million, but that's how much he's worth it to us because like that's how long he's contributed to our stay in the Premier League. So, you know, it'll be hard to see him go anywhere this summer just because it'll be hard to find someone to pay that price. So I think he will stay at Spurs. This uh, it'll also be even harder to find someone to replace him. Right, even impossible. If Vinicius I mean, yeah. is dead, so he's not an option. <laughs> I mean, he's back in yeah. Portugal. His loan is like we're not we're not taking up the buy option. Is the is the word on the street, which I don't really understand because I thought he was good pretty much every time he played, and whenever Mason came in, he was not even on the bench. So I don't know when I like I I don't know, but. I honestly, honestly could see us not signing a striker. I could see us selling Kane and not signing a striker. I 100% could see that being a reality, and I will freaking shoot myself. <laughs> like, how yeah, daft, how daft do you have to be? Sign that striker. That's what we always did whenever Kane was injured before now. I mean, Kane and Lucas, I mean, Son and Lucas alternating at striker. Yeah, I'd... It's just a depressing outlook. I don't know who we're going to appoint as manager. I swear to God, if it's Pochettino, I'm going to lose that my mind. That would be the most first thing to happen. I'm going to lose my mind. Like, I love Poch, but let the players that quit playing for him leave the club first. Like, ugh. It just makes me annoyed. And I don't even know who I want now because, like, who is there? Conte? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like Jose there. round two. Like <laughs> he is, he's certainly there. That sounds like Jose round two. I don't know. Zidane. Zidane's not coming to Spurs. Like that would be. That would be insane. Ah, <laughs> uh, it just that it just makes me want to die, basically. So. Well, maybe we should move on to Arsenal. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, it's a failure, definitely. But I think I'd give us like a D plus because there's one silver lining that I'll get to at the end of my spiel, essentially. Uh, firstly, you know, we did not finish where we need to 
by all means. But, you know, Europa League was always the goal going into the season. So that's where our real failure is, I think. You know, even finishing as low as we did, it's still bad. But Europa League, we should have won. And I don't know if we, like, were good enough to win, but that was just our goal. We had to win, basically. And we didn't. Here's where the silver lining is, though. Is that I think it would have been very easy for the board to be reactionary with the Europa League and fire Arteta. Um, and I think a lot of Arsenal fans have started being Arteta out, which I still am on board. I think I think what we need to do is back him, which is rumored the owners are going to back him and give him some money to spend this summer. But I I don't necessarily think it's all Arteta's fault. I think... I mean, for one, Aubameyang did not score this season, which, you know, players have drought spells, but um, he's been our guy for the past two seasons now. So for him to basically, I think he only got 10 by the end of the season. That's pretty bad. That's like, I mean, that's Lacazette numbers, which Lacazette plays a different role, but, you know, we signed Aubameyang because Lacazette wasn't producing the numbers. And Lacazette ended up finishing with, um, a better record this season than a bombing. And I know there's like malaria and stuff, but that's just not good. I can't then, believe that you know, he we had, had malaria, dude. That's so insane. <laughs> it is crazy. It's it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like uh, when I say it out loud, it sounds like um, an alternate universe. Yeah. Um, the other issue is we had some, some injuries, some injury problems, really. Uh, Tierney continuing to have injury problems, which is pretty bad for us because he's become such a huge player for us yeah um but then you know uh i don't even know party i didn't think he had a good season uh i'll say that i think the end of it he was showing a little bit more of what he can do which i hope he improves is what i'll say um i thought really the only player that i would say had a good there's a couple i would say gabrielle had a good season um, and uh, Pepe had a good season. I thought Pepe is he's first name on the team sheet now. Honestly, he's really fixed all of his issues. <laughs> like all of the main things I was upset about, he has fixed. Which I think that's credit to Arteta. And so I'm I'm very excited if we do end up backing Arteta really in this transfer window, because at this point I think there's just a lot of players that we need to move on and a lot of players we need to bring in because. Uh, Arteta has a system in mind. We just do not have the players to play it. Yeah. Sorry, that was a long silence, but... <laughs> um, I wanted to ask, how how much do you think like Arteta would need to like rebuild his squad, or how much do you think he should be given? I honestly think... Well, I don't know, because it depends on how much money we make from sales. But I think factoring in sales, we need like $100 million to spend on players. Because I think we should be selling quite a few players. Yeah, who's on your outgoing list? Um, I think Bellerin has to go, unfortunately. As much as I love him, he's just not the same after the surgery. Uh, obviously, I mean, David Luiz is already leaving, so yeah. we need to find a center-back replacement. Because he did end up finishing well with us i thought he you know he ended up getting injured at one point and it actually really negatively impacted us because we were missing his presence a little bit uh 
So we do need another center back, maybe, I'll say, because Saliba could be the option. I don't really know. Um, maybe. Uh, we we need a midfielder because I think it's time to move Xhaka on. Um, I think he really improved this season, but you know he still makes very bad mistakes sometimes, so it's just time, I think. Um, I it dip, we also need money to either buy back Odegaard or buy someone else because we need a cam and we're we're rumored with Buendia right now, um, which I'm all for. I actually don't think we're going to bring Odegaard back because he just didn't he didn't feature even though he was good he didn't feature enough um, partially due to injury because he had an injury uh, during his loan spell. And then I think, you know, there's some players that, oh, I think we should sell Lacazette as much as I love him. Um, you know, he, he plays a specialized role, but he's also 30 now, I think. So there's just younger players who could probably probably play that specialized role better. Martinelli, for one. Yeah, but I still don't think he should be our go-to. I think he yeah. needs to see them on loan. Yeah. And then... I think Sokka is a mainstay now. I think he should be starting. I'm not sure if Smith Rowe should be starting yet. I, I think he's been huge for us. I'm just not completely sure. I could see either of them going multiple directions. We're not going to sell either of them, but we could possibly look at moving them out of the starting 11 because they are still both very young, even though they're both really good. Yeah, They do have some development that could be had there, and sometime learning from a more experienced player could be good as well. Uh, and then pretty much other than that, there's just some like fringe players we could probably move on, like Callum Chambers. Um, you know, Ceballos is not going to come back, I don't think. Uh, what about Willick? I don't know. I think it depends because I don't really know where he slots in at the side. You know. Yeah. Player of the month, Willick. Yeah, yeah you could only, probably the get only a good place... fee from him, to be honest. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking because. If we wanted to keep him, he would probably be our Xhaka replacement. Yeah. But I still don't really think his, his position is close enough to Xhaka's for that to work. So I think we I think we should honestly, because you know, he had a great loan spell, but I think it's going to be uh, similar to Amy Martinez. I know he wasn't on loan, but you know, using his great end of the season to essentially raise the price instead of keep him. Because we're going to need money. <laughs> we're going to need a lot of money for a rebuild. So I think, uh, you know, getting a good fee for Joe Willick would probably be the best idea. Yeah. I think... Um... I think it's going to take a lot more than $100 million. Just from, like, what you said and factoring it, even if factoring in player sales, that, that was a pretty big list of positions that y'all like that I agree with all of them, but I think, I think the Arsenal re like, I think it's going to take a few more years. I was going to say, I don't think it's realistic I mean, to the expect it to be decide next to season. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. No. I think next season, our target should be sixth place. And, uh, you know, I and that's why I said a hundred million, maybe it's not enough, but it depends on the scouting as well, because if we could get some, good deals on some players that have good potential, that may be what we want to do since it's a long-term thing. I think target should be top six. I would say 
as of now, I I think y'all would finish about seventh, right? Or pretty pretty close to where y'all are this season. I just feel like one summer. I feel like this is going to be a really big. It's going to be a really big out window for your Arsenal, and I think y'all could maybe even slip down a little bit. Just I think it's going to be really hard to get in enough players to make up for some of the outs that are probably yeah. going to leave. I think too. It will. It will honestly just depend on how much money there is to work with. Because um, mm-hmm. if there's a lot, then you know we'll be able to bring in those players. I think also something worth worth. Uh, looking into is the euros coming up because there are you know oh i also didn't say Torreira should probably should sell because oh and Guendouzi probably those two because they, they you know existed, they existed bro yeah exactly Torreira um, uh, la liga champion yeah true with the euros coming up there could be some uh some breakout players really that you know maybe weren't as well known, but now people have their eye on those types of players. Maybe they maybe the ones we want to target because you know they have these high ceilings, and that's actually what we did with Terrera. We signed him after his really good um, World Cup, yeah, World Cup, which I actually don't think that was a bad signing. I think because um, he played really well for us at first. The issue was just he ended up being misused by the manager. And he basically lost his place in the team, which is unfortunate, but it's just what happens sometimes, I, I guess. I actually was, like, looking forward to the tactical evolution of Lucas Torreira, and I, I was kind of, from a neutral really perspective like at least, I, I was think he could... bummed out that he left. Yeah. I think he could do a really good job wherever he goes. The one dangerous thing, I think, about the Euro play, Euro standouts is the transfer fees. Yeah, that, that the is Musa Sissoko like, effect. Sissoko. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Sissoko played fucking amazing for France, and then Spurs had to shut out a shit ton more. Yeah, we broke our transfer record for him, which came good three seasons later, but I don't know if Arsenal have three seasons to waste on a 26-year-old. And I realize you guys aren't going to spend on a 26-year-old, and I know that's not what you're saying, but, you know, it's just a dangerous game because they— Sorry, you finished. No, I was okay. just going to say, I was basically what Josh was saying. It's just a dangerous game because the Euros, good performances at the Euros tend to double the price on players' heads. Yeah. There's an interesting rumor right now as far as transfers that we're actually looking to bring in a new starting goalie because Leno had a little bit of a disappointing season compared to last season at least, which may be harsh. Because he was superhuman last season? I think it's harsh, but the player that was mentioned I found very interesting because we're actually being linked with the second coming of uh, Chesney back to the club, which I think could be interesting. I don't know. I, I don't know how he Oh, like actually season. Chesney? Yeah. Like, okay. I didn't know if you meant there was like some Polish kid that was like the, return the resurrected Chesney, god, Wojciech Chesney. <laughs> no, the return of Chesney, okay. which, you know, I... I don't know if he's been great this season. I'd have to do more research, but I will say, you know, his biggest issue was with his falling out with Wenger, but he still has ties with us because he played with Arteta. So, um, I don't know. It could be interesting. I, I, I don't actually know what his season was like, so I don't really uh, have an opinion. I mean, on Juve, him, but... I don't know how his season specifically was, but Juve were not great. 
which is yeah. not obviously down to him, but you know. Yeah. True. So. Yeah. Um, Ethan, do you want to give us your palace review? Um, we can in a second. Let's finish talking about the teams after Arsenal first. Get those out. I was kind of looking at the table, like in between. Out. Let's talk about Leeds There's real just... quick. Leeds, and then like kind of after that, it's just kind of like. Everton, huge failure. I feel like for there's me. not a whole lot. Yeah, I would agree. Me, too. especially, especially where, with where they yeah, were. their start to the season was so great, and then they just fell off so hard. Yeah, and I think same. as bad as some of the team. Okay, leads leads aside, as bad as some of the teams above them were, like they could easily have finished above Arsenal and Spurs this season. True. West Ham is an anomaly, okay, but. Everton probably could have finished above them. And then you're looking at being two points away from top four. So, like. Yeah. Josh, I agree that Villa's the same as Everton. But also, they to go from almost being relegated to 11th place, I would say it's a success. I think it's a success for Villa, yeah. I think it's a success, but, yeah, kind of. I mean, Everton, you kind of got to look at, like, a couple years ago, they started off and, like, I think, through like October or November, they were down in like 16th or 17th a few years ago. Yeah. And I, mean, I think under Ancelotti, they've really improved. They're just perennial underperformers, I feel like. Because yeah. their expectations back then would have been to finish mid- mid-table, and they were in 16th. Yeah. You know, I, I realize they didn't finish in 16th, but, you know, like, yeah. So, yeah, I think they're just perennial underperformers. To be honest, I want to I want to know think, how long that like teams like Everton and Villa can keep up the huge spendings that they have been doing over the past few years. Because I feel yeah. like teams like Villa who are not able to, or like that usually don't win anything or get extra money for getting those higher spaces. Like how longer or how much longer they can like keep that up? Because obviously they are getting better with these new signings, but like yeah, yeah, it doesn't well, seem sustainable. Really yeah, I was gonna say Villa, Villa. Compared to last season, at least, even though they still were big spenders, it was drastically different because in terms of, like, price per player, like, I mean, um, what am I trying to say? Value for money. Yeah, value for money, yeah. They got so much. Like, they were just way smarter with their transfers. Yeah, the season before, it kind of felt like they just signed a bunch of random players. (laughs) Like, the Fulham effect, literally just signing random players from around Europe. Like, but yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, Watkins was a good signing. He wasn't amazing. I don't think I would give him an amazing, but I think he was good. Yeah. Um, I don't, hell, I, I don't even remember who else they signed. Oh, Martinez was great, obviously. Oh, Matty Cash. Cash was good, yeah. I'm curious where they would have finished if Grealish hadn't been hurt. Surely higher. I mean. Do you yeah. guys think he'll stay? He's a, he's where's, like where's, what does Grealish's future hold? I kinda well, think I don't he, think he needs uh, that. Say because he didn't get to finish this. Yeah, season. exactly. He, he, no one's gonna want to buy him since yeah, he didn't. True. Or I, that's not true, but people will want to buy him. But I just don't think he, he will get the move he wants. Right. Is he in the and provisional I, squad? Sorry, Ethan. No, you're good. Um, I actually don't think he's in this. No, so. no, he's not. He's not in the squad. Is he injured, um, or did he just get left out because he was injured? <laughs> good question. We should. Yes. Follow, uh, 
Because, a, yeah, he's I not. Think... Oh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's listed as a forward. That's why I didn't see him. Cause... Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, I was no. going to say, that's an absolute dis- disgrace if he's not at least yeah. in the provisional squad. Now, going back to what I did say about them spending so much, if they do end up selling Grealish in the future, I think they'll definitely make up a lot of funds that they've spent. But then True. again, I know he's their captain, and so they're going to want to try to hold on to him as long as possible. So we'll just see. I think they get relegated if they don't. They think they get relegated if they don't have him. Really? I, I think that will agree. cause other players to leave. I kind of agree. Because, like, like of... if your captain leaves, you're going to have other players that are part of, like, He's like the glue. Maybe. Like I don't not know just if it's quite that black but like and with white, the entire squad. I think if they improve enough next year, then if he if he left at the end of next season, assuming they had a good season, yeah, then they would. I think they would then have the like structure in place to I agree. succeed without him. I think there are three teams in the Premier League that are worse than work. Villa without Grealish right now. At least three. I right. mean, yes. But I, that that's what I that, like. If he goes, then I think other players will go, which will. That's why I said like a season Maybe. or two after he leaves, I think they'll get relegated. I don't know if I, well. I, I think other know. players would follow. I mean, I have a hard time also, believing that people would just think, jump like, ship if they on didn't have, Well, not just jump ship, but like, I think it would be slowly. But like, you also kind of have to think like. What if Emmy Martinez gets a move to an even bigger club? Because Emmy Martinez was, if great, I would argue player of the season. If since Grealish was hurt, well, I, think for he, I think he did the last win their quarter the season. Oh, okay. The thing I like I about with Grealish no is that he he's that player that just wins so many fouls in good positions. And that, I think that's what a lot of village chances were. That's true. And they won a lot of those games because of that. So if you take that out, I feel like their whole gameplay would change. So yeah, it, it definitely that's what wouldn't I'm be easy. I'm not saying it would be easy for sure. I think there are other players that are good so. at that, that if yeah. they had the right, you know, if they continued this season's trend as opposed to last season of smart transfers, I think they could, find someone not necessarily to be the perfect replacement to, but to be at least a good enough replacement to where things weren't like terrible. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle. So, yeah. Huge, massive success one. for Newcastle. I think. Saved by the lone player. Yeah. You know what I, my I think if uh, Willick doesn't become a God, then it's a failure. Yeah, like he, I, mean, I honestly think he single-handedly rescued their season. I agree. I think survival for them is a success. I think I as agree. long as they don't finish in 18th, they're fine. I think that's also what their owners kind of see. They're the owner, 100%, yeah. Kind of see this. We don't get relegated. We're fine. Yeah. I'm surprised that they... I'm surprised by the end of the season. I think it also... Shows how important Jermaine Defoe was to... No, fuck, I'm... Geez. Jermaine Defoe. Callum Wilson was <laughs> to there. I don't know why. He's still I playing Jermaine Defoe. it shows how important Callum Wilson was. Where is he? Rangers. Oh, He's at Rangers. Where is he? Rangers. I think... No, I'm not talking about... I'm done with that. Rangers! Part. I think it just shows how important He's at Rangers. Callum Wilson was... <laughs> 
<laughs> I think it shows how important Callum Wilson was at the beginning of the season and how hard that injury against Southampton was on that chunk of the season when they couldn't have him. But they also have two really good goalies in Dubrovka and um, who's the Darlo. other one? Darlo. Uh, Darlo. Darlo. Rangers. Darlo was great. Darlo. <laughs> Darlo was great, and I could see him trying to get a move somewhere else, too. Because I think he's good enough to start maybe at, like, a lower... This town ain't team big enough for Newcastle. the two of us, partner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for a while, yeah. Newcastle were literally calling for the head of Steve Bruce. So I'm surprised they weren't... They did a lot well, than they did. I don't get I it. I don't get Steve Bruce... He's out this season, right? What do you mean? I don't think so. I think he's still going to be there next season. I thought he was. I thought they like mutually agreed at the end of the that season. That was Allardyce. Like, that was uh, Allardyce. Oh no! Oh wait. Nope. Yep. He's still in. <laughs> the my top news story is. Steve Bruce, my Steve Bruce reaction is that Breaking Bad quote where it's like. He can't keep getting away with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Newcastle, I think, saved by the loanies. Yes. Wolves. They, they need to build I, okay. Joe Willick a statue. I don't understand the sacking. It, no, it wasn't a sacking. Really it was just a mutual that. part. part Like, it was mutual, I think. I think one of the it's reasons just, was him It being doesn't make sense. Oh. Well, he's got enough Portuguese around him. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, he's been there. He's been there for four seasons, though. So I think they might be worried that it's just kind of getting stagnant. Which maybe, I mean, I know it sounds weird now because it's like, oh, you need to hang on to Nuno. Like you need to hang on to Nuno. But so many times we've seen clubs hang on to managers for a little bit too long. So Wenger. Yeah, I mean, Wenger's kind of a Wenger's a tough example. But I'm talking more like. Maybe I'm talking my maybe Pochettino like. Um... I mean, I think also like. I think the reason they were so, finished so much, so much worse than we thought they were going to was because they didn't have an, a yeah. true striker for the majority David of Luis the season. Their season, like which obviously is their fault. He really did. Luckily, Raul Jimenez should be back. I think I read that he will be back yeah. in the fall. But, like, that was the reason that they didn't get, like, top half. They did they sign have two other strikers, strikers though. Like Fabio it, Silva just... They should never have been spending yeah, 30 like, million on Fabio Silva, though. I'm talking yeah. about... But they bought Willian Jose in the in the in in January, though. And he, yeah, was, he for, was ass, for, but they weren't to know that. But Raul Jimenez is also the the best player in North America right now, and also just a really good. Was aside from Ruben Neves I, and Rui Patricio, I would argue is their best player. Yeah, I, I don't think, think I don't think Neves is their best is. player anymore. But I think in terms of how important he is, definitely Jimenez. Yeah, and let's not forget that they also sold their other best player to Liverpool at the start of the season. So, yeah. 
they did not reinvest the money well. No, they made some weird no. signings, like, uh, like Marsal, Fabio Silva, uh, Ait Nuri, who was actually I pretty Fabio good. Silva but... I would say he was the only good signing they had, and he was on loan. I think the Fabio <laughs> Silva one was just too knee jerk. Yeah, I think they should have just let him sit in Porto for another well, year. I... And just play. I actually don't think the signing is a bad one. I just think the amount is not for it. like they they definitely spent too much and they expected too much. I think buying him as a player for the future is not bad, but buying him and expecting him to be second string striker immediately is a little. It feels a little crazy. bit like a B Tech version of the Jao Felix transfer. Like yeah. Yeah. And I realize Jao Felix is starting to come good now, or at least a little bit better, but it just it feels a bit like that. Like they they splurged on him after like half a good season. You know? I think people are honestly just trying to find the next Mbappe because it's the same formula. Young yeah. player has a breakout season. You spend ludicrous amounts of money on him in the hopes that he's anything like Mbappe. But in reality, I mean, Mbappe's he's going to be the best player in the world. Yeah, I mean, he's an anomaly. One or two but... reasons. Yeah. So it's like this he this president has been set to where people are just trying to find the next best young player. And it's not working out. Yeah, and the fees for young players only go higher and higher and higher, which only makes the pressure build more and more and more. So like it it just it's like a never ending circle of death for young players, basically. <laughs> like Yeah. Because it, it sucks. I mean, if you're if you have a breakout season, then you immediately are going to go to some club for fifty million or forty million or however much it was, and then you're immediately described only, as a flop if you don't succeed. Like, yeah, the only other player since Mbappe that has followed that formula and worked is Holland. Yeah, yeah but that wasn't even like that big of a fee. True. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. even that big of a fee. Dude, his the I he didn't also, realize this, but. Up until like June thirtieth, he has a like a fifty-two million release clause at Dortmund, which is a. Bargain. I remember, in during the under twenty World Cup, I sent something in like our our text group chat. I was like, some guy from yeah. Norway just scored eight goals. That. Yes, in the game. dude. And we just were like, that's fucking wild. And then, like, then the season after was the Red Bull Salzburg kind of breakout, and then the Dortmund shit. And it's just kind of like, huh, that my random Norwegian guy who scored eight goals is pretty fucking good. My favorite clip ever of him is him running up from that corner. Did the yoga one? No, of him whenever Dortmund were defending a corner and he clocked at like 33 kilometers per hour running up the. I don't know which one you're talking about. And there were edits of him like running up ski slopes and like beating Usain Bolt in the 100 meter dash, and like it was ridiculous. I love the, I love the Dortmund like PR video where he's doing yoga with the one girl, yoga girl yoga instructor, and he's just being like the goofiest like 12 year old ever. Anyway. Ethan, do you want your palace spiel now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so first of all, I don't know if I've said this at all during this season of the podcast, but I'm going to state it again. This season felt more like a chore 
than enjoyment. <laughs> I feel like watching, e- like turning on each game was more of a chore than it was uh, like actually enjoying the game. Because the season, well, it was probably just about as much as the last season was. But uh, last season, I was still sane, and now I'm not. <laughs> so, it, uh, in news, Roy is gone. This is his last season with us, and... Let's go! Let's go! Roy Ball. Oh, Nick my... Roy Ball. I was... Oh, my goodness. That What's was that? the bane of my existence. And for those who don't know who what Roy Ball is, it's playing defensive football, but being terrible at defending... <laughs> It's playing so, sounds, 11 like, sounds like Mourinho ball. <laughs> yeah. It was just not fun to watch. And I'd say the last game that actually brought me enjoyment was our Villa win where Mitchell scored the winner. And I was actually like cheering for once. So <laughs> it's been a long season, but I'm really looking forward to next season to see who we appoint and what we end up doing. Um, from the list of managers that I have seen links to, and this is just the ones I've seen. There probably is more out there. But um, I've seen Simon Cooper, Sean Dyche. I'll think his name is Paul Francesca, the former Roma manager. Oh, yeah, yeah. Eddie Howe, Frank Lampard. And I I just saw this a few days ago. And it could be ludicrous. But I saw that Nuno was mentioned, which is oh. weird. But That's good know. news. Because I think yeah. the only one you should be afraid of is Eddie Howe. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm actually also afraid of Simon Cooper because he reminds me a lot of Roy, and I don't want. Yeah, I think Simon Cooper would bring relegation. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, so I actually made a list. I um I put Nuno at one if I had anyone to a point, and then I had Lampard, Francesca, uh, Dyche, Howe, Cooper. Yeah, I think I'd probably have the same list, but I think honestly I put Lampard at one because Mm -hmm. I just think. Uh, I just think he's more what I think y'all need. Yeah, like a I feel young, like a lot really of young guy with uh, new football. Nuno, right. outside of the George Mendez underworld, may not be quite as successful. Yeah, I think when I made this list, I was mostly thinking about like the whole takeover and like building your own club. And obviously, we've seen him do that at Wolves. And obviously, Wolves is not the most fantastic team in the world, but it's it was nice to see them gel together. Uh, yeah. under his like system so i feel like he's got some experience doing that before but um uh i just hope we can at least do somewhat even if we're gonna play defensive football i'd rather it be good defending because i can't i can't stop thinking about that seven nil to liverpool and i just i i told myself i said let's what's it what is the center back pairing right now it was kuyate and gary cahill Okay, well, let's see how many times they've started since that. They've started 10 times since that game. <laughs> I woke up at 6 a.m. to watch that game. I know, and Reese knows how like, how much I wanted to die that game. But the fact they played, that should have been the last time they were ever together on a, as a center back pairing. But they played 10 more times, and I don't care if one of them was a win. It was a 1-0 win. <laughs> Boom. I generally don't think Kuyade should be playing center back. Yeah, I know. And for the while, I pushed the envelope, envelope like, oh, he, he does it for the national team. I, it's not that big of a deal. But he plays so much better in the midfield that I think he needs to... I mean, and Roy, at the end of the season, he, he was playing Kuyate at center... Or not center back, at the midfield. So I hope we do that when we're going the forward. He, he, the midfield. 
The Bro, rip the McField. Imagine if we don't see the McField anymore. I'm going to cry. <laughs> that would be very sad. Because McCarthy has been getting links away, so... I don't know. We'll see. And MacArthur's still injured. It's all in the name so. of progress. Yeah. yeah cried tears of joy, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, uh, it's just ugh, there's so much that needs to be done. Zaha, he got his best goal tally uh, in the Premier League, but I still think he kind of underperformed. He didn't really seem too up for it. Um, he he felt very lazy, and obviously he's got like two, three guys on him per game, but. Um, he he looked to get rid of the ball more, and I think he should have taken charge a bit more. So, what do uh, y'all think about Zaha now? Because I honestly think last season was the last season that he could have moved away. Like I think he will probably stay at Palace. Yeah, I kind of think he missed his window too. Yeah, because I mean, I think his best opportunity to leave was probably the eighteen nineteen nineteen twenty season. I think that was like his best time to leave because. Obviously, like I said, he has his best goal tally now, but I mean, I think he, his value is just decreasing at this point. And we need, we, I don't think we'll be able to ask for that much uh, money for him now. And so, yeah. I well, best... I also don't even think it's because he was bad or anything. I just, I think at this point, he will just stay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be, it'd be a lot of work to replace him. So we might just stay. And he might just want to stay. Probably not. He probably wants to win trophies. <laughs> but, yeah, he might turn out to be one of those like one club guys, even though he went on on loan and that was at Man United for the rest. I, w- I want him to be captain, honestly. I even because it stops him from be being sick. it stops him from being a little whiny bitch. So, <laughs> oh, okay, wow. No, I'm being honest. Not where I thought that sentence was going. Well, and I, I've I've said it before. He is a bit of a whiny bitch. Sometimes he, I hate watching him play. Just because it's like, shut the fuck up and just go take the corner. Like, yeah, I mean, I enjoy watching him play. It's more like the antics between the whistles where I'm just like, shut the fuck up, go take your yeah. free kick and stop. I've definitely talking. reacted the same way. Ethan knows because we watched yeah. a lot of the games together and I'd always be like, what is he doing? He's 28. You're trying <laughs> to fight a child right now. <laughs> Good job. He's only seventeen. <laughs> he literally, I think he got up all in like Sokka's face or something during the Arsenal game, and I was like, "You are literally trying to fight with a teenager." Well, I think he's completely valid in being upset sometimes, but a lot of the times recently, it's been really bad. Like he'll barely go down. And I he's agree like that aiming for a pin. Well, he's like, it's fine to get up. I agree he just, like, that he gets like, up in their face and he takes yeah. it too far. Right in that sense, like, he does. I agree that like. Some of the tackles, I'm like, yeah, I'd be a little upset. But he just, like, even if he gets, like, kind of tackled and the the defender gets mostly ball, he's like... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like when you've played for a crappy team like Palace for so long, I think you're... And you want to get out, I feel like it'd be like that. But... I guess. Anyhow, I think... I think it... We just need... I mean, we're the oldest squad age in the... Premier League. We need to get rid of some of that those players that occupy that that uh, make up that number, and we just need to start employing younger players. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully, the new manager will bring something good to y'all. I mean, not another Roy. Yeah, 
I mean, I like Roy. He... I think as long as it's not Eddie. Yeah. I mean, f there was a good period where I enjoyed Roy being at the club because he's one of our own, and he there was a few good results. Um, but after a while, it just didn't make any sense. He was changing up the center back pairings every single game. Um, he was not making any substitutions, and when they were substitutions, they were all CDMs or center backs. When we were losing, in the true Jordy quote, <laughs> Bringing on a defender, two 0 down. <laughs> so, I think he, as long as it's not stuff. Eddie Howe, <clears throat> as long as it's not Eddie Howe, I think y'all will be okay next year. If it's Eddie Howe, I think y'all stay up, but it's gonna be close. I'm not having yeah. Simon Cooper either. I'm not having him. I'm not having that either. I, see, I don't, I don't know who Simon Cooper is. Uh, Swansea manager. Yeah, Swansea manager. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I don't want it to really be how either, but I think he did an okay job for what he was given at Bournemouth. Because obviously Bournemouth are not the biggest club in the world. You know, their stadium's like 10,000 people at the most, and they didn't have the biggest transfer budget. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I would definitely prefer like a Lampard or... I'd be even fine with Dyche. I feel like he does well for having, playing with those or having those Burnley players. But... Anyhow, yeah, it was we're always a weird manager. I didn't understand not playing Batshuayi at, like at all, really, and Mateta scoring a back heel against our rivals and not playing him at all for the rest of the season. So get him out. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, we can just yeah. kind of. Are you? Uh, do you have any closing remarks on Palace? Or are you? Hopefully. Uh, hopefully life gets better. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Let's just kind of blitzkrieg through the rest of this table um, because I don't know that there's a whole lot to say. Southampton, I would say failure. 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 Yeah. Um, Should have been better. Yeah. I still like Hassan Hoodle as a manager. I just don't know. I don't really know what their problem is, to be honest. It's hard to identify because, I mean, well, that's... Shea Adams... Danny Ings and Vestergaard were out for a True. lot of the season. Yeah. yeah. Not all at once, but they were all out like at extreme. Like one would come back and then one would get hurt. Like their three of their four best players were out for a lot of this. It season. also didn't help when Danny um, Ings was back. He just wasn't scoring. Yeah. I think that's also hard because he's getting a lot older and he had two major. He was also just like pulling muscles all the time. Yeah, true. Um, I think Brighton are just kind of they're there. Yeah, they I don't was have to say not failure and not success. Potter. They're just there. They stayed up. Graham Potter is too good for the club. I the, I'll, the I players, would take him at, get him in get him in get him in yeah. at Spurs. I th I think the players seriously just aren't good enough to play in his system. His system is too advanced. Get him in. Um, get him in. What about Burnley? I think they're just kind of there. I think, I think any season there. where they stay up I, is a success. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah, they haven't really bought players to try and do anything better than yeah. stay up. 
I think yeah, they might be in sad. danger of going down next season, though. I think at least in the next – I think my prediction here is that in the next three seasons at least, Burnley will go down. And I, I think I always keep a – by the end of the season, I always keep a running Premier League prediction for the next season. And right right now I have Burnley bottom. So, I mean, that's not a great outlook for them. But What really helps them is I think is Sean Dyche, really. Cause yeah, true. Like with, with a different manager – even if like if they had Roy Hodgson, I feel like they'd be gone a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So we'll see. And then obviously uh, for the relegated clubs, I mean it's hard to say anything other than failure. Um, yeah, so all massive failures. Yeah, like like I still think sacking Chris was Wilder was stupid. I agree, but. I think sacking him at that point was stupid. I think end of the season, I understand. Yeah. But at that yeah. point, it just. But he also knows how to manage in the championship. From that. So, I don't yeah. know who the hell they're going to appoint, but. Yeah, they definitely should have at least waited till the end of the Actually, season. Actually, they already appointed someone, I think. I'd... Oh, Yakupovich. Yakupovich? He's a striker. <laughs> no, 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 no. The. Oh, the Slavisa Yukanovich. Jokanovic, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, oh, that is a weird appointment. I have to say, yeah, he was at Fulham for a while. He took. He was at Fulham uh, last time they were in the Prem, and then they had did their manager merry-go-round with Claudio Ranieri and Scott Parker and everyone. And I forgot about that. Yeah, I, bro. I you know what? Weird. I was Josh. Sorry, this is so random, but Josh, do you remember Gokken Inler? Yes, I do. He was th- he was at he Leicester was... in the title winning season. Well, there are a lot of people that were there where it's just confusing. Yeah, I like Leonardo Ujoa. I mean, he played a, he um, played more than Inler did. Inler played a little bit. I think uh, uh, Lloyd Dyer is my personal back. favorite. Oh yeah, that no one ever knows how to Matty pronounce his James name. Is... Maddie James is leaving the club. That's kind of sad. Which is, it is a little sad because he's been there. I think it's like nine years now. But yeah, yeah, kind of random. But one thing I will say about Sheffield, I thought it was really weird that they stayed with the interim Hecking Bottom for so long. Like you think they Bottom? Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's and I was not impressed. Okay, I mean, they, so... they, you know where Sheffield United finished? Hecking <laughs> bottom. <laughs> I saw that tweet. Someone said that was the first time that a team finished with their manager's name in the, in the, in the position. <laughs> I'm the looking bottom. for – wait, Spurs need to appoint John first so we can finish first. <laughs> right, right. Or John Champion, the Yo, commentator, um, you know, John John Champion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need to appoint John Champion. <laughs> Benter. The Tunisian center back, Johan Benalouan. Benalouan, yeah. He went, he went oh, from man. Leicester City to Nottingham Forest for... What? At the end of the 2019 season. And then... Was at Nottingham Forest for a year and now plays for Aris Thessaloniki in Greece. 
<laughs> so that. <clears throat> okay. That's well, uh, yeah. Talking about Fulham real quick, I thought it was really unfortunate. I mean, I picked them. I think I picked them to get relegated, but I they had a lot of good Let me see. players in in their system, like. Well, no mass had leads relegated. <laughs> yeah. But no, they had good players in their books that season. Like, uh, like they did have uh, Ariola in goal, and they did have Loftus Cheek, who had a good season with us. So it was unfortunate because they did have some decent players, but yeah, I guess it just wasn't enough. Yep. Yeah. And then West Brom, I don't I really care, to be honest. The, I, I can't say the same. They didn't have a good squad at all. Yeah, I, I don't really care about West Brom. And I think they, you're right, they absolutely had a championship-level squad, and that's where they'll be. So Yeah. Well, uh, now we could we could just give a word on um, Brentford, who won promotion through the playoffs at the 10th time of asking in club history. Granted, most of those were in... Um, like League Two and League One playoffs, but still, um, really, Swansea didn't have a prayer in the game. Brentford won pretty comfortably, and I'm very excited to see them in the Prem this uh, next season. Talking of really well-run clubs, they are, will be right up there with Leicester in terms of uh, being a well-run club. Um, they are one of the most well-run clubs in Europe, if you ask me. I think their their model with analytics and uh, like the the way that their their ownership company is structured, like the fact that they also own uh, Midtjylland in Denmark, who uh, featured in the Champions League this season, uh, they were in the same group as Liverpool, and um, they just have like a good network of of signings and talent available uh, to them, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of Wolves and how they're so connected to Portugal because Brentford are so connected to Denmark. Um, they have a lot of Danish players. They have some really exciting players. Matthias Jensen in midfield is my a player to watch next season, um, as well as Ivan Tony, of course, uh, record championship goal scorer. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Brentford in the Prem next season. I think they'll. I don't think they'll quite do as well as Leeds did this season and Wolves before that when they got promoted. But I reckon uh, they might. I reckon they might finish around like lower mid table and do some damage next season so yeah i'm i'm actually kind of glad brentford got promoted over swansea because if swansea did end up getting promoted i would have not been excited to see any of those teams that got promoted because i'm y'all know i'm not a wadford fan and i'm not the biggest norwich fan either and so yeah i don't i don't like for the for my pure like own personal enjoyment i don't really care for yo-yo clubs coming back up and down like fulham west brom norwich that kind of like realm of people, you know, right? So, and yeah, yeah I'm with you. Fuck Watford. Yeah. So, Norwich, I actually think might stay up though. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I think. Well, they're losing. They're probably their, losing Buendia. And they're losing Skip, who won their Player of the Season. So. Yeah, maybe not actually. <laughs> you have to think about it yeah maybe not where do i have him in my working predictions maybe i have him already going down i'm not sure oh i have him 19th okay <laughs> <laughs> so well um 
Anything else to say, gentlemen? I mean, Euros, I guess we should talk about what we're going to do podcast-wise for the foreseeable future. Um, I want, before we do that, I want to toot my own horn and say I won our fantasy league. Oh, yeah, league. yeah. Yeah, Reese pulling out the victory in the fantasy league um, on the final day in a dramatic, yes. thrilling draw against Bobby. Yeah, the final day... I ended up drawing the game because of bonus points. So, like, we literally didn't know who won until the bonus points got added. And because I tied with Bobby, I ended up winning. My first ever fantasy win. Yeah, congrats to you. Congrats to you. Um, And then also in our little mini slap prediction golf league, um, Ethan comes out victorious. Um, the way we did it was those those predictions that we posted on Twitter a while back. Um, I just went through and added up how many places we each got wrong. Um, and Ethan got the least amount of places wrong, so he's the champion. I, I think this may have been our worst ever showing at this. Yeah, but yeah. there were some yeah. poor... Or there were some, like, unpredictables in there. Yeah. Right. So. But, like, Josh had the most perfect predictions, and it was two. That's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Josh. The rest of us have perfect. Well, City, because we all had City, and then you're the only one who had anyone else. You had Newcastle in 12th. Mind you, I also finished second last by like two points. So that also shows how awful the rest of mine were. Yeah, because you had West Ham, you were 12 off with them, like I was. And then you're, or uh, Leeds, sorry, Leeds, you were 10 off, and West Ham, you were 9 off. Yeah, so, I really thought Leeds were going to be awful. I was very wrong. Well, it is hard to predict, predict that kind of thing, I will say. I thought I was going to do really bad. And Sheffield. Sheffield messed all of us up, too. Like, because we all had them around, like, 12th or 13th. Yeah. And, yeah, they finished bottom, so not the best. I will say we all four correctly predicted the title winners. Not that that's a huge success because, I mean, you know, it's City. But, uh. Yeah, well done. <laughs> um, well done to Ethan. Well done to Ethan. Cheers, cheers <laughs> to Reese for winning fantasy. Cheers. Next season, I think we should try to do like a uh, a slap, like a uh, just a standard fantasy league for Slapcast, like a not a head to head one. Yeah, um, and then we can okay. also do a head to head one as well and see if we can get some people that will seriously play involved. I want to um, get people who will seriously play so we can put money on. It. I want to put money on it too. Yeah. Not not a lot, just like five bucks each person. Yeah, like five dollars. Didn't we have that idea? We did, but since people three people playing. basically didn't play, I would feel terrible yeah. asking them. Reese is gonna show up at money. So Hare's door and be like, "Hey, pay me five dollars." Like, yeah, yeah. Nice to meet you. You owe me money. I've actually met Zohair once. <laughs> but shout out Zohair. Shout out Zohair. Yeah. Shout out Sid as well. And Griffin, all three of whom decided not to play. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, next season we'll 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 definitely do like a big slap cast league for everyone who wants to play, and then we'll do a um, a head to head league with people that are gonna take it seriously as well. So. Um, you were gonna mention the Euros and what we were gonna do. Yeah, I mean it's still kind of TBD. We don't have like a huge plan in place, but I think I mean I'm gonna be working ridiculous hours all summer so i will probably miss a lion's share of the games josh is going to be away um doing lots of fun I'm stuff. starting summer classes 
Reese is taking summer classes and working on the side. Um, and Ethan is working out. Ethan working out. Hey, that's a success. That's a success. Right. Um, Yeah. So I'm, we may not have like a, we may not be able to put out like a weekly show or anything because we, you know, probably won't have watched enough of the games to know. Um, or at least Josh and I won't have, uh, for sure. And what we may do is just do, we may do like either a halfway show and a, an, a finale show or just a like a tournament wrap up show. Um, and then in the fall, a couple things I want to happen really. I'm going to work on getting some more, I know we already rebranded this season, but I'm going to work on getting some more copyright friendly branding. Um, so that we don't just have the literal logos of the clubs in the in the the crest. Um, so I'm gonna work on that um, so that we can start doing some like because I know Anchor allows for sponsorships. Um, so you know we we may not jump into that immediately, but you know as we progress through the season, we may start to look at that as an option. Um, and um, you know we need to have all of our stuff be copyright friendly for that to for that to work. And, um, in the fall, we're also, I mean, it's no secret that, you know, this season was not our most prolific, like only 18 episodes out of the possible, like 50 or whatever it would have been. Um, which is obviously a shame, but, you know, sometimes life just gets in the way. We have stuff to do, classes to finish, jobs to work, people to see. Apartments to, apartments to move out of. Yeah, no doubt. Hot, yeah, girlfriends to have. Um, wow, thanks. Well, I mean, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, in the fall, we're going to try to do weekly shows again. I'm going to make sure that we can... Um, oh, Reese is saying, did Discord crash or is it me? It's definitely you. Let's text him back and say it's definitely you. Is it you or is it me? <laughs> it's not you, it's me. Um well, goodbye, Reese. <laughs> but anyway, in the fall, we're going to try to do more weekly shows, and, and we're going to have more guests kind of rotating through the panel. Um, we won't have all four of us all the time um, because, honestly, lining up all four of us constantly is going to be damn near impossible this next upcoming semester, I think. So hopefully there will be times when we have all four, uh, but... There will definitely be times when we don't as well, so we'll we'll get a rotation of guests. I'm gonna share the knowledge with Ethan so that we can have um, recordings without me, so that you know if my schedule doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world, and um, you know we can still do a podcast without me as well. So yeah, yeah and I, I'm gonna. Oh, sorry, I was gonna just say real quick that I um, within this time for the Euros and next season, I'm definitely since I've been in charge of the the Twitter and social media recently. I'm going to definitely try and be more interactive on there. Uh, I put out polls for the champions league and the, uh, championship final. And, um, I got both got, right. I got them both right. I'm literally a beast. I did not, unfortunately, but, um, Half. yeah, me too. But, uh, I'm definitely going to try and put out more polls and just more coverage of what we got going on. And, um, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get some more, uh, people involved on that yeah and I'll, I'll probably whenever i um i'm gonna plan on involving you in a lot of the behind the scenes changes for this summer 
um, in terms of like, you know, uh, rebranding and dealing with the social media and dealing with whatever else. Um, just because I feel like you're better positioned at that than I am. So we'll, yeah. Um, but either way, um, that's kind of the plan for, for the future of Slapcast. It's an exciting time. This summer obviously is going to be a bit of a lull, but really it's one that we just got to get through because I got to make money. Josh has got to do things <laughs> that are important. I'm going to uh, I'm going to jump out of uh, the I'm in Army RTC and I'm going to learn going to basic airborne school and I'm learning how to jump out of airplanes. So yeah, cool. That's I didn't that. want to just That's say that in case it wasn't. To. Yeah, in case it wasn't like cool that that was public knowledge or whatever. But no, I don't care. Yeah, so Josh is going to jump as out of planes. As long as I don't break a leg, I'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, as so, long as I don't break a leg, it's fine. I'm working at Tractor Supply. Shout out Tractor Supply, and uh, <laughs> Josh is jumping out of planes. So, you know, to <laughs> you win some, you lose some for me in terms of the coolness factor. Um, but yeah, so, so we'll see you, uh, we'll see everyone soon for the Euros, uh, recap pod. And then, uh, we'll be back with you on a regular basis, um, come the fall. So as soon as the Prem starts again, I think we'll start again. Obviously we're going to do our, um, Premier League predictions pod. Like we always do. We'll do another round of the golf, um, and see who can come out on top. So. Yeah, if we thank you so much for making it this far. This has been a, a pretty long show, but I think we anticipated that coming in. Um, and we love you all. And Ethan, plug the social media. <laughs> At SlapcastPO on Twitter. Yep. Go there for all of Ethan's uh, content. Twitter, Snapchat, no longer YouTube. Yeah, we I'm might actually Snapchat. go back Do to YouTube. Snapchat? No, we don't have Snapchat. What? <laughs> I was like... <laughs> We might actually go back to YouTube, though. That's one of the things I was thinking about um, in the I, fall. I would like to. I would like yeah. to as well. And then maybe we could record and do the face cams on YouTube as well, um, just yeah, for an I added like, spice. Yeah, because not everybody has, like, a lot of people. Spotify or, yeah. Yeah. So. All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you for joining us. Reese has already departed. He sends his goodbye um, because his Wi-Fi went out. Um, and Ethan, do you have any final remarks for us? No, I um obviously this wasn't our uh, longest season of episodes, but um I still enjoy doing it with y'all. I still like uh getting the opinions of all y'all because y'all are all smart individuals. And um yeah, thank you for continuing to do it with me. It's an enjoyable thing. I look forward to a bunch of the times, and uh, I appreciate Gage for being a gracious host, and I appreciate Josh for being uh, his lovable self, and I appreciate Reese for being the big noggin man. <laughs> the noggin man. You, okay, you literally said Gage does all the behind the scenes. Reese is the most tactically proficient one out of the three of us. Josh, he says some stupid shit, but he's a nice guy. <laughs> hey, well, you're 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 the, the most. The episodes with you are like one billion times funnier than the episodes without you. I will say that. Stupid shit. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. Useful. Are you are you mad about that? I think if. I think no, if, I'm okay with that. That's what I thought. I think if, if you weren't here, we probably wouldn't do that random topic at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. It would just be boring and dry. You're the you're the soul. <laughs> yeah, you're the soul. Soul. You're important. You're the glue That's guy. That's a good movie, by the way. 
Dude, yeah, Soul. have y'all seen Soul? No. Yes. It's Bro, really make good. a grown man cry. I have made grown man Ethan cry. It's a good movie. Yes. Big man grown Ethan cry. Anyhow. Big man. Cheers, y'all. Hey, yeah, yeah, anyway. Josh, any final remarks from you other than that? <laughs> I don't think I have anything. Okay. Um, it was really fun. I know I'm not on as often as everyone else is, but I enjoy when I can be, even if it's just maybe half the time. But Well, we enjoy having you on. Love doing it, and hopefully we can do it. Yeah, I mean, just at the conclusion of uh, <laughs> at the conclusion of another season, I mean, I I mean, I just want to say thank you, to you thanks to you guys for kind of helping keep this project off the ground because I know it was I mean it was kind of my child from the beginning, but then um, you know you guys have taken it in, to places I could never have taken it. So um, yeah, I appreciate it that you guys have stuck with me and um, kept it going. So always stick with you. Cheers, lads. And to you, listeners, of course, we want to thank you uh, if you've made it this far as well, if you've listened to our droll uh, for the entire episode. We want to say thank you, of course, and um, we love you all, and it's a goodbye from us. We'll see you soon. <laughs>